Welcome and thank you very much for joining us. Today we're talking about a term that if you haven't heard yet, you will be listening more and more about it because it's one of the new things that the intellectual and political and business elites are envisioning. And it's called stakeholder capitalism, stakeholder capitalism. Now, what does stakeholder capitalism means? Well, you've probably heard about shareholder capitalism, which particularly in the minds of the people who don't understand capitalism, it's mean, it means that it's this particular aspect of capitalism, it's a particular type of capitalism where the aim is the profit-making of the shareholders. And the idea is that this has not worked well, so now we need to move to stakeholder capitalism. What does this mean? It means that when you do something as a private business, there are other groups that have stakes in your endeavor. And this is your employees, the local community, the environment, or you name it. And this is uh, the idea of stakeholder capital was central in uh, the last uh, meeting in, uh, of the World Economic Forum in Davos. And the person who is big about it, so someone called Klaus Schwab, who has a very big uh, position in Davos, wrote a book called Stakeholder Capitalism, A Global Economy That Works for Progress, People and Planet. Now, I want you to pay attention to who are the people who endorsed this book. And then we will discuss with Jonathan why this is a bit creepy that these people are endorsing this work. So we have the CEO of Microsoft, <laughs> We have, the, uh, we have the journalists, we have the CEO of other big companies, we have prime ministers, we have UNICEF endorsing it, we have the CEO of Bank of America, and also very interesting, we have the executive director of Oxfam International. So food for thought, when Oxfam thinks that this is a great idea and the CEO of a big company thinks that this is a great idea, it means that we need to ask a bit more questions about this great idea. So with us today is Jonathan Horning. Actually, Jonathan, this topic was your idea, and thanks so much for bringing this to my attention. So why were you eager to discuss it, and what got your attention? Well, great to be with you, Nikos, and great to have all of our followers listening to us all over the world and on the Super Chat as well. And thanks always for their donation and their contributions to help the, keep the center going here. Um, and, you know, we are for profit here at the Ayn Rand Center UK. There's not a lot of profits just yet, but, you know, we believe in exchanging value for value. And you know, that's the heart, if you will, of, of shareholder, of uh, stockholder capitalism. And this whole idea of stakeholder capitalism, as you alluded to, I mean, this isn't just some kind of flash in the pan, flavor of the week. It's a really dramatic change in the way that corporations, business, um, you know, kind of life, if you will, in, in modern economies is seen all, all around the world. And I wanted to share just in my mind, I mean, this has been bubbling up for a long time, but part of what I think kicked it off into over, you know, high drive, if you will, is something that the Business Roundtable, which is a very influential business group here in America, did just a couple of years ago. Basically, in 1999, they said, we're revisiting the whole idea that the purpose of a corporation is for the shareholders. And exactly as you said it to, they adopted, they've embraced this idea of, quote unquote, stakeholder capitalism which is I wanna talk about, like, look, we could go, we could do a three hour show about this. And Dr. Jerome Brook and many others have done great work on this that I, I'd, I'd love to recommend. But, you know, my two cents here is just to emphasize how widespread this has become. I mean, this is McKinsey now. McKinsey is a major consulting firm. They advise companies all over the world. They wanna make stakeholder capitalism work. 
Look at all these headlines, Andy Jassy at Amazon, you know, important test for stakeholder capitalism. Danon's CEO, that's a major European company. Oh, stakeholder capitalism is a fact. Here's some headlines out of India. This one struck pretty hard, I know for us objectivists. Capitalism 3.0, less about Ayn Rand, more about Gandhi. Now, you tell me when <laughs> capitalism in this, in, around the world has really ever been about uh, uh, Ayn Rand. And here another one from, from uh, about shareholder capitalism can't solve India's problems. It has to be stakeholder capitalism. So you know, I want to get into it, Nikos, exactly what perhaps objectivism, I wouldn't say Rand, but we might think of this whole idea of stakeholder capitalism. I think it's what Rand would call an anti-concept. But you know, my two cents, at least on the first go around here, is that this notion is not on the outside anymore. It is mainstream, it is adopted, it's in your 401k, as you said, I mean, BlackRock's CEO, BlackRock is the major asset manager here in, in America, They're the, in the world, they're the ones that actually vote on all these proposals. They've adopted stakeholder capitalism. So this is a fundamental philosophical shift that I think is going in exactly the wrong direction. And how do we prove that it's first and foremost a philosophical shift? If you see some of the most influential voices on stakeholder capitalism, you will notice that they have two phrases that they use all the time. One is we have to walk the talk, not walk the walk, walk the talk. But the most, the most interesting one is they say we have to talk the walk. What do they mean we have to talk the walk? They mean we have to talk more about how actually the people who create the value are not the people you thought create the value, you greedy capitalists. So they say, for example, who are really creating the wealth are the communities. And now they're even expanding it to the environment. So somehow the environment helps you create this wealth, which is going back to almost a primitivist view of the world, that the apple is out there and I take the apple, therefore the, the environment has provided it for me. And again, here we have Alex Epstein's very beautiful formulation, we don't find a friend and accommodation nature that we destroy. We find a nature which is hostile and we make it hospitable for us. But of course, for these people, this is too complicated to understand. So they talk about walk, that, so they talk about talk the walk. And this is another way of saying we need to understand and internalize the you didn't build it motto. So they, have, they, they put this emphasis on destroying the self esteem of the creators and basically making the creators say that, yes, we recognize that we owe you and all that stuff. That's the first thing that I found very worrying. The second thing I found very worrying is that the understanding of these people, and again, we're talking here about big universities, big business schools, business elites, their understanding of capitalism is at the level of a first year sociology student. So here is, I can't share my screen, but if you go to the World Economic Forum, there's an article this year which is called What's the Difference Between Stakeholder Capitalism, Shareholder Capitalism, and State Capitalism? So they say that all these are capitalism. State capitalism is uh, where basically the government tells you what you have to do, but because there's still private property, it's still capitalism. And so this is, this is so such a poor understanding that I think a second year good politics student will say, wait, there are questions to be asked here. But when it comes well, I to- share... jump in, I want to jump in really quickly, Nico. I mean, yeah, yeah. We talked about, very briefly, your point about stakeholder capitalism. Look at our show title today. We have capitalism in quotes. You know, I believe stakeholder capitalism doesn't exist. Crony capitalism doesn't exist. There is capitalism and then there's everything else. 
So to, to besmirch capitalism uh, with, with the mixed economy, with this whole notion of, of stakeholder, all the environmentalism and all that malarkey that you've alluded to, I think uh, is the beginning of the, of the problem. Please go ahead, it's a fascinating analysis. When when it comes to shareholder capitalism, they say that advocated by, and they give Milton Friedman and the nation from the 70s. So again, this is such a stereotype, such a, not even a stereotype, a cartoon stereotyping. And when you go deeper into there, when you try to go deeper, because there is no depth there, you find vague issues such as, COVID has shown us, by the way, whenever you hear someone saying COVID has shown us, it probably what comes is basically nothing. It's air. COVID hasn't shown us anything in the way that these people. So the idea is COVID has shown us that for profit is not good enough. And notice how these people all the time use the language of crisis. So now we say, well, vaccines have saved us. By the way, vaccines have saved us because they were funded by the government, they say. But we have the next crisis down the road, which is the environmental crisis. Therefore, so this constant situation of crisis, and by the way, how ironic, there was a leftist, Naomi Klein, who wrote a book which became famous, The Shock Doctrine, which said that neoliberalism and capitalism make use of the crisis to impose their agenda. And here we see statism and anti-capitalism imposing its agenda based based on the crisis. And the, perhaps the most really weird, not weird, weird is very soft. The thing that annoys me more here is the idea that private property is a luxury for you people. And now it's time for us to recall this luxury. And it reminds me this or, very- Or even, because even though, even though there is no private property, I don't mean to jump in, but you know, they don't accept the notion of private property because if you're, if you're a businessman, if you exist in the environment, then somehow you owe the environment. If you have a customer, somehow they say the customer owns the company. You know, if you deal in the community, if you exist, they say, oh no, the community owns. So it's not that they, they, they glorify private property. It just doesn't exist with this notion of scapegoat capitalism. It separates the notion of ownership from, uh, from shareholders. So for their mind, it's everyone owns it. Shareholders are just w- lower down in the line. And, and again, this thing, how often do you hear the phrase, Ayn Rand villains are very unrealistic? Listen to this line from Oren Boyle in Atlas Rand. The public has a vital stake in natural resources, Jim. He talks to Jim Stagger, such as iron ore. The public can't remain indifferent to reckless, selfish waste by an antisocial individual. They speak about Reardon, of course. Hear this. After all, Private property is a trusteeship held for the benefit of society as a whole. So Rand already from the 50s sees through the BS of this language. And today this language is the official language of the World Economic Forum and of the intellectual and unfortunately the business elites. Can I, can I jump in too? I'm, I'm, we're getting great feedback on our super chat. Thank you, Robert. Thank you, Mary Aline, uh, for all that feedback. We're going to get to some of those questions. But you know, you're hitting, I think, on this idea that they sneak it in. If they said, Nikos, oh, we're going to just take away the rights of shareholders, people would say, oh, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. But they sneak it in. And I believe, again, this is my own analysis, but Ms. Rand called this, I think, an anti-concept. Quoting now, observe the technique involved. It consists of creating an artificial, unnecessary, and rationally unusable term designed to replace and obliterate some legitimate concepts. Uh, check this out. It's from extremism, the art of smearing, and capitalism, the unknown idea. But I, 
you know, Nico said, you're, you're the professor, if you will. Is that what's going on here? They take a legitimate concept like capitalism and ownership of a corporation and kind of muddy it around. I mean, you know, I did just some basic research on stakeholder capitalism. Didn't, of course, want to spend my, too much of my time on this bullshit. But, uh, you know, look at this list. This is just from Wikipedia. They've got government, employees, customers, suppliers, creditors, community, trade unions, and look what's at the bottom. Look what's at the bottom is owners and investors. They're last in the list of, a, of, of stakeholders. You know, they, their ownership means nothing in this philosophy. And if that's not you know, troublesome and immoral and impractical, I don't know what is. And also notice that they say that capitalism needs to work a bit more collective, which means to include more people. So it's clear that these people don't even know the business environment that they're teaching at the big university. So, for example, if you read if you read the biography of Steve Jobs, you see Jobs taking a plane and going to Japan, for example, because there was that one company that made one surface that would be better for the touchscreen that no one else knew. Or he would call someone and say, OK, I followed your work. Come and work for me. So there's nothing more, quote, collective, if by this they mean co cooperative by the system of the market. Or go and watch the, the, the eye pencil uh, short film or, or the famous essay. So the idea that up to this point there hasn't been cooperation and now we need to introduce cooperation is a lie. It's ahistorical. It's by people who don't either don't know or they don't understand what is happening around them. And you mentioned the employees. How are the employees not part of... They are already stakeholders because they can leave or because they can withhold their labor, or because they can go and work for someone else. But see how they see, they, they think that this, quote, empowerment of the public is. So they bring, in, in a video I, I watched, they bring the example of Pelotron. Do you remember last year, Pelotron had an advertisement during Christmas where someone is buying a Pelotron bike to his girlfriend? Now, and she was like a sexy, young, hot thing, and everyone's like, Oh, well, I'm not that sexy. How could you have that ad? I, I, I'm not sure if the, if the objection was that she was sexy and she didn't need it, or it was you bought a bike to your girlfriend, therefore you, you, you assume that you want her to exercise because it's not good enough. Anyway, either right. of these two for me is completely... Anyway, I don't even want to comment on this. But notice, though, that because of these people who assume that who assume the worst about human nature and want to impose their dark view of the world to everyone. So they took over social media, as they had the right, by the way, nothing illegal with this. And Pelotron, uh, Pelotron share in the stock market or something fell by 10% or something. So if they say, see, this is stakeholder capitalism. Now you give a voice to your customer. But the customer already has a voice. If they don't want, they don't buy the Pelotron. And this has been going on forever. Why do you need this, as you said, anti-concept that suddenly now the customer is empowered because Pelotron doesn't mirror their values? If something doesn't mirror yeah. your values, don't buy it. Problem solved. Well, in, in Ecos, I think you hit on a great you know, point here that it's a, it's a false, purposeful way to muddy the waters. And you also alluded to it. I mean, this is one of my reasons I think it, it's so evil is that you know, uh, stakeholder capitalism quote, and well, this is, I'm quoting myself, I, I just think it presents a false dichotomy that corporations take advantage of others to succeed. You know, so we need government to step in to make sure that corporations are doing the right thing to 
benefit their this and that and this employees. But I mean, you said, I mean, employees are benefited. Why are they there if they're not benefited? They're benefited by a salary. Customers are benefited. Why are they benefited? They're benefited by getting a value that they that they that benefits their lives. Dr. Brooke, your own Brooke, has you know written about this extensively. He says that stakeholder capitalism is explicitly anti-capitalist. It's an anti-profit, anti-cap, I'm quoting Dr. Brooke here, anti-capitalist, anti-profit social agenda. It, the idea that executives and shareholders should sacrifice money-making for the sake of sundry shareholders, incompatible with the purpose of business and the responsibility of corporate leaders to maximize shareholder wealth. And I guess at the same time, the as you said, Nikos, the misunderstanding that truly what's... I don't like this term because it's got historical impact, but I'm so glad that Microsoft and corporations make money. If they're making money, they're providing values uh, to, to the world writ large and to me, at, at least in the secondary uh, fashion. So, you know, this whole idea of stakeholder capitalism, I think should be rejected. Corporations succeed by providing values. If they don't provide values, they go away pretty quickly. And uh, it's a terrible road we're heading down here. And I wanna quickly just thank of all of our super chatters from the top, Mary Aline, the so-called fairy godmother of uh, of uh, uh, you know, Daily Objective, Hugh James, who says, if Klaus Schwab isn't evil, I don't know who is. He's the guy behind the Crate Reset, I believe. Christopher, thank you for your, your contribution. Robert uh, Nasser, who's got his own highly rated and critically acclaimed show here on the Daily, uh, on Ayn Rand Center UK. He says, first, it's the smaller shareholders we need to include then it's the line workers, then it's the quote community, the environment, where does it end? And you know the answer to that. Mary Lean, thank you again. Phil with a very generous contribution, Nico says, thank you gentlemen. What do you think may be the consensus from the aspect of American objectivism, especially about stakeholder capitalism in Britain? Is BJ just a cronyist funding royal yachts, etc.? I'm gonna let you handle that one Nikos, just because for me, BJ means something very different. So I'm going to let you take on to that one. Well, uh, what I do you think you, of all that, my friend? If our friend can clarify, so you mean Boris Johnson. So I didn't understand. Oh, the that's question. probably it. All right, all right. I'm sorry. I got it wrong. I don't understand the question 100%. But so there is one level here where people who are completely incompetent or who don't know what they stand for, they can get the sense of a moral mission. So notice, for example, that in Atlas, who are the businessmen who want to parrot these values? People who haven't got anything else to offer. So if you're someone who you found everything ready-made in your life and you haven't created everything, sorry, you haven't created nothing, it's very easy for you to, to cling to this as you have a sense of a mission, but more than a sense of a mission, you have a way to bullshit people. So I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, if there is a, a if I, again, if I understood the question, the question right. But one thing, Jonathan, that I think needs to be specified, it's worse that we want the state to be involved. This is one step further. We want everyone to be involved. This is egalitarianism meeting, uh, this is, you didn't build that meeting egalitarianism. This is that everyone now is a stakeholder because- Right, right. So, and I, for some reason, this discussion reminded me of a scene from the found again, and I want to close with this, but before we close, have we got any other super chats and points? Yeah, I mean, a fascinating discussion. We can and will go on because this is an issue that isn't going away. I think, unfortunately, it's growing in the UK and here at home because as you said, Nikos, 
everyone's on board with this. This is not like, oh, a crazy leftist idea and the, the conservatives are gonna fix this. Look at who Dr. Brooke fought just a couple weeks ago, John Mackey. John Mackey is a businessman. John Mackey sold his company to Amazon. John Mackey has improved my life. I love Whole Foods. I think it's, it's, it's kind of an amazing, and John Mackey is one of the major ideas behind this stakeholder capitalism. So we, once again, as objectivists, are really the radicals on this. So stay tuned to Objectivism and the Ayn Rand Center UK and, and keep reading and learning more about, I think, objectivist perceptions on this um, to get really the right idea. And thank you, Bonnie, a great contributor. Bonnie says, it's a contradiction in terms and anti-concepts. It's the economics of altruist et ethics, which is kind of what you said a little bit, Nikos, in terms of egalitarianism. It's an assault on individualism and ultimately reason. Great point, Bonnie. Thank you for your contributions to the movement, contributions to the Ayn Rand Center UK. Mary Eline, kind of a final comment here. If employer-employee buyer-seller transactions aren't win-win, corporations fail. If government schools, medicines, roads, et cetera, suck, they get more money. Thank you, Mary Eileen. Thank you, all of our- Which is an inversion of justice. Yeah. yeah. So here's- Pick it up on Clubhouse. Uh, here's, no, I want, to, I want to end with something from the founder heads. So one of the things that, one of the lines that I saw, one of the proponents of this saying was, people expect more from businesses. And I sense, okay, there's something very unjust here. And, and for some reason, there was one scene that came to my mind. So we are in the founding head towards the end and the Gail Wynand newspaper is under attack. Why? Because it has taken a position where the quote stakeholders don't like. So the public and people who, who, have, who should have zero take on the Wynand papers don't like. So here's the, here's the incident. It's Gail Wynand. One evening he went out to the restaurant across the street. He had not eaten a complete meal for days because he works very hard. He saw pickets pacing in front of the banner's entrance. There were eight of them, and they marched around and around in a long oval on the sidewalk. He recognized one boy, a police reporter. He had never seen any of the others. They carried sides. Tuhi, Harding, Allen, Falk, the freedom of the press, Gail one and Trump's human rights. His eyes kept following one woman. Her hips began at her ankles, bulging over the tight straps of her shoes. She had square shoulders and a long coat of cheap brown tweed over a huge square body. She had small white hands, the kind that would drop things all over the kitchen. She had an incision of a mouth without lips and she waddled as she moved. But she moved with surprising briskness. Her steps defied the whole world to hurt her with a malicious slyness that seemed to say she would like nothing better because what a joke it would be on the world if it tried to hurt her. Just try and see it, just try it. Wynan knew she had never been employed on the banner. She never could be. It did not appear likely that she could be taught to read. Her steps seemed to add that the jolly well didn't have to. She carried the sign, we demand. And I'm finishing with this. He thought of the nights when he had slept on the couch in the old banner building in the first years because the new presses had to be paid for and the banner had to be on the streets before its competitors. And he coughed blood one night and refused to see a doctor, but it turned out to be nothing, just exhaustion. So the guy who built that empire had to face 
a random person who couldn't create nothing, but that person said, we demand. That's stakeholder capitalism for you. Read Ayn Rand. She saw it all. She explains it all. That's what we're trying to do here at the Ayn Rand Center UK. So thank you for supporting us, making us hopefully your voice, your companion, your companion in our all of our studies of, of objectivism as students. Okay, off to Clubhouse. Clubhouse me. <laughs> we'll see you then. <laughs> <laughs>